Getting into this one, or do you want to do a touch some points? Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I want to. Uh, I want to say congratulations to my uh, co-worker Eric Wellwood because he got uh, hired in the East Coast League. He had a couple um, couple of interviews recently, and I I uh, had another one that he canceled, but he had some OHL um, stuff going. But he ended up taking a job with the uh, East Coast League uh, Newfoundland Growlers as a head coach and it's great. I'm really happy for him actually. Now he's so that's within the Leaf system. So they have a they have a good team. It's uh it's going to be good for him. He's he's an excellent coach, man. He really is an excellent coach. Awesome. I I like I like Eric because uh, uh well, obviously he was a hard working hockey player and he was a good coach, but he kind of accidentally fell into accidentally fell in. Anyway, he fell into coaching mm-hmm. by accident and uh was just very good at it. And co- he coached under DJ Smith the first uh, few years. And they won a Memorial Cup, and then he had his own uh, Flint Firebirds, and uh, turned that team around. And then, um, uh, so anyways, he he didn't want to go back to Flint for good reasons, and then um, he got this job. So I'm really excited about him. But excellent coach. What 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 I like about Eric is that he, uh, it's a it's a changing like it's a, you know how if you think of a coach like from our perspective, old older guys. Well, you're not that old, but you're. I played in an era where coaches were they didn't smile. And they crossed their arms and they crossed their eyes and they crossed their ears and they crossed their nose. They crossed everything they could cross and they had a scowl on their face and they yelled and they, all they'd ever say is be tougher and be faster and be harder. And there wasn't a whole lot of teaching. And as the game has changed a lot, someone like Eric is like a, is perfect for today's players because he just communicates with them. Like he's an excellent communicator and he has the X's and O's dialed in. But having said all that, the X's and O's are important, but he, he, he believes that Hockey's not about X's and O's. It's about relationships and people. And if the, the better that you can communicate with people, like, like, think about this. We were just talking about this yesterday. He said, you know, if I, I, I cause I was asking him, I said, okay, so if you go to the East coast, so here's my questions to him. He was bouncing some stuff off of me. He go, I, I said, okay, so you've, you've always coached in the OHL and you know that at the OHL, there's a, a, a very big chunk of guys that are trying to make the national hockey league for the most part. Of course, when you get some kids that are 18, 19, and they realize that maybe they're not going to go, then their attitudes can change a little bit. And maybe it's like, I don't want to say drag people down, but their give a crap meter is not quite as high because they, the, the realization that they're not going to make it is there. So, you know, what do you do when you, when, when, when it's, uh, when you know that you're not going to make it, you probably, that's always what happens. Take it a little yeah. bit easier than you start yeah. going over your drinks and stuff like that, but whatever. So I asked him, I said, so wh- how do you feel like about coach? Because he had an American League offer in East Coast. I said, how do you, because I, I find that's a different uh, level. Because you got guys that are maybe realizing again that they're pro, but they're not going to make the NHL. Because they, they realize, oh, look how deep that uh, lineup is and, and it's just not going to happen. So you got a different type of attitude, right? And he's, so he just explained, like, uh, he likes it better. He goes, because I can, I can deal with people's attitudes. And that's what I liked about it is he can just talk to them. Mm-hmm. And if, uh, when, as he talks to his team or his players and a guy gives him a, yeah, whatever, I don't really care. Then Eric will care about as much as he does. And he just communicates that with them, yeah. which is, which I thought was really good. And one of the things he said yesterday is, for example, like, you know, I don't like talking to players in my office. He goes because it's my environment, so it, beca- it becomes. Yeah, it's cool. it's that's almost, a good point. Yeah, yeah so I'm like it's like, yeah, it's almost going to the pr- principal's office. Eh? He goes exactly. He goes, but I'd rather take 
the two minutes as we're just doing our circling on the ice before practice or something and pull, hey, Eric, pull you aside and kind of get what's in your head where in your environment and you feel comfortable and can speak a little bit. Yeah, I got a bunch of on that right off the hop. Eric. Go ahead. So one thing I liked about Eric too is uh, his he falls in line a lot with how, how we are, where we're all yeah. about the communication, the relationship yeah. stuff. We're not about the rah-rah type stuff. Right. And because he said this too, I've said it, you've said it, and I've said it in the uh, maybe last episode even. It's not our job to make sh- you work hard. So so right. all the stuff you're talking about, about old coaches, right? They're all rah-rah, go harder, go faster, like all that stuff. It's like all that stuff should just be a given yeah. when you get to a certain level. Mm-hmm. So when you come to the OHL, when you are playing pro, minor pro, or uh, in the National Hockey League or in your, wherever, all of those factors that used to be the focus of coaches, that should just be a given. Like that's baseline. Yeah. Like if you're not working hard, if you don't care, if you're not in great shape, if all those things, if you don't have that, then it's that's not my job. Like when no. you come here and you're part of this team now, like my yeah. job as the coach is to make the team function correctly so we that's can win right. games. Yeah. And that's what I get from Eric's attitude when he talks about it. He skips all that stuff. He says, if you don't want to work hard, like that's your problem. Like I'm, I'm the coach and I can't kick you off the team. Like that's normally the general manager or, or yeah. whatever, but I'm not going to sit here and waste my time trying to make you care or work hard because that, that should be here already. So I don't have time to worry about that. Yeah. Instead, I have time to make sure like you're, you're on the same page with your line mates. You're in your role. You're doing that properly, making sure you're comfortable in the position that you're in and all that kind of stuff. So it's a completely different approach to coaching in the past. And that's start, starting to get phased out where people are just kind of rah, rah, whatever, because yeah. that isn't actually what's important when you're talking about a team setting. You're yeah. talking about an individual setting. That's where you have your trainers, your skills coaches. And even then, it's not their job to make sure you it's work hard. Job. But that's more where you'll focus on those types of traits as yeah. a player. Yeah. So that's what I really like about Eric's style. He's super level. He's not a yeller and a screamer. He's not like he doesn't get super fiery and emotional about things. At least I haven't been around him a lot in the coaching setting, but just his demeanor around here. I yeah, he's got a that. he's got a good presence. There. Like if if you're not doing something properly, he'll he can address it. But he's not going to flip his lid. That's right. Because I'll tell you what, like, and I this is something that I learned from him, and I I, I think I was trying to figure it out, but I learned it from him. Is uh, and you and you can really attest to this because I was thinking as I was thinking about the podcast today, I don't I didn't know how I was going to get it across, but maybe this is a way. Is I cared so much about the players that I would try to get in like to motivate them, mm-hmm. but the problem with it is it's exhausting yeah. because at the end of the day, if you want it more than anyone else, honestly, you don't sleep. You 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 worry about not worry, but you just it's exhausting. That's what it is yeah. because you know what? You can't, you can't keep putting air in a flat tire. Yeah. It's, it's going to keep coming out. Someone's has to has that. Someone has to have that innate ability to show up every day. And yeah. that's like number one. So if you're a coach and you get frustrated all the time, that could be the reason is that you're, you're trying to, Oh, well, there's, there's another reason though, but it could be because you're you're trying to put air in a tire that just won't fill. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it'll it'll just frustrate you. And uh, then the second part is that maybe you're looking for results for you, and you only, and not for them. Yeah. And uh, that's another thing because you want the results to reflect better on you. Yeah. And if you're depending on other people to do that, it's it's very hard. Well, and that's why we always say 
like will care as much as you care. That's always mm-hmm. what ends up happening. Mm-hmm. Like it happens in the gym, it happens yeah. on the ice, it happens with your team, yeah. it happens at school. The t- even if you have a teacher at school that isn't the best teacher ever, if you show that you care, that teacher will like you and yeah. automatically care more yeah. that you do well and helping you and maybe yeah. going the extra mile for you. But when it's a kid that that just isn't having it, yeah. and this comes kind of circles around your attitude thing, a lot of times the way guys take it, whether it's a coach or a teacher or whoever, is dependent on your attitude as the student, player, kid, whatever. Yeah. And the way that you present yourself, and it's tough for kids because they don't really know how to behave right. in certain situations, which we'll get to, but that's what kind of the hard part about being the the trainer is, is you're, you only have, you have a limited amount of resources, right? You can't give a hundred percent care to everyone because it's exhausting. Like you're saying, it's exhausting. and some guys it's not, you don't get the return on that's your right. investment in them. Right. And that was something I mentioned last week too, is about being naive about training guys and thinking you'll be able to bring everyone to the same level. And it's not my choice. It's, the, it's, it's up to the kid's it's choice. totally up to them. You know? Yeah, but that that could be totally exhausting. Another thing that Eric uh, just just bragging on Eric a little bit here is he's a huge reader, like huge. He reads. Yeah, there he reads, again, a, yeah. he reads. I think he reads more than I do. Than yeah. You do maybe. Well, yeah. right now he does, um, which is impressive, and that's uh, probably one, another reason we get. But he's got a wealth of knowledge from all over the place. Yeah. Uh, but so the other day he turned me on to this thing. This is what I like about it because he learns about relationships, right? So he turned me on to this program. It's on Netflix called the coach's playbook so what it is is it's uh the first one was uh, doc rivers he coaches in the nba the another one was uh jose marino is a uh, one of the best coaches in european soccer then there's two women coaches and then uh the last one which i really liked was a french tennis coach that was a uh the, the coach for 40 of the top 100 tennis players in the world one of them being serena williams so what I what I got out of these, oh man, it was so good, and and it's it's a great approach because all these coaches were very really good communicators, and the one coach I I want to talk about Doc Rivers, but I don't, I guess. Let me, I'm just thinking here. <laughs> That's my dichotomy. Uh, anyway, okay, Doc Rivers was awesome, but the French coach, this is really neat. Can't pronounce his name. Serena Serena Williams wanted to. Was, was was struggling a little bit and she went up to him and asked if she he could spend time coaching her so yeah 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 now the history on this coach was as a kid he was extremely shy like extremely shy in fact to the point where he had to go to a psychologist one week every once a week every week for one year so 52 times if my math's That's right math. right unless it's a leap year yeah <laughs> uh <laughs> So the last session, the 50 seconds, the 50 second session is the first time that he said one word to the psychologist. He just sat there wow. and he said one word and then it was done. He said, but his, that was his weakness. He was so shy, but he said it, it turned out to be his best strength because it turned out to be his best strength because he was so quiet and he would just analyze people and he was able to read people's every body language that a person had because he just couldn't communicate. So he just read people like so deep and he could analyze someone like that. So as a coach, when Serena, Serena Williams came in, he, he could see her body language and she, she was giving him attitude right away and she, she wouldn't say hi. And she would just be like, why? I don't, I don't understand the purpose, but he told her that my rules, he went up to her and he said, my rules are this. You, in the morning when I say hello, you say hello back. You look at me in the eye when I speak to you and, 
she goes, well, what's the third rule? And he goes, okay, she's listening. <laughs> but anyways, he said, so as a coach, he goes, it became a very good strength because, and it's really neat. I don't have to say anything. I just watch because your words are, are cheap anyways. Yeah. So he watches and you can say, I, I want to be a champion, but, but based on your attitude and your body language and what you do speaks so loudly that I cannot hear you. Yeah. Right. So if you're, if you're, if you're dialed in and you do the work, don't have to motivate you like kind of like what we were saying yeah so then he could just get into some of the technical things yeah so it was really neat yeah that's cool and that, that's a principle that i live by too is the i don't actually care so much about what you say right i care about how you behave yeah. so you can tell me what you believe or what you think or whatever that means very little right i'll listen to what you're saying yeah but then i'm watching what you actually do so do, are you doing the things that you're saying you're doing and that's something I take super serious about doing the things you say yeah. and like, like sticking by your word and like all of those things. I think those things are important when you're yeah. anyone, if you're a player, a coach, anything, it goes yeah. a long way. And it's something yeah. that people, I don't think people realize that they value it in other people, Yeah, but they do. So say that again. I don't think people realize yeah. that they value someone like that. So if there's someone in your life yeah. that sticks by their word, they're reliable, they're honest yeah. and all of those, those things, you might not be able to articulate that to yourself. Like I actually value that, but you do. If there's someone in your life that's like that, yeah. then that's what I mean when I'm saying like people don't realize how nice that is to have when there's somebody in your life that they do exactly what they say every time. Yeah. They're honest about what they're doing and yeah. like genuine about what they're doing. Like those yeah. are little things that you might, they might go unnoticed and you might not be able to say why you value this person so much, but yeah. that is a huge reason why. And it could be like good or bad if they're doing something positive or negative, at least there's no unexpected, nothing unexpected about that person to mm -hmm. you. Like, you know, what's, what's coming. And that's a huge uh, characteristic that you can have. If you're a coach, if you're a player, it goes both ways because yeah. then like, you know what you're getting from. Well, yeah. And then if they call, like, cause again, we'll go back to something that we always talk about is. And it's so funny because I, I laugh at you when someone talks or speaks because you go, yeah, okay, man. Yeah. That's your answer. Yeah. Okay, man. And I'm the same because it's like, oh, wow. I think people think you're going to get excited. That, yeah, I'm going to come work. Can I work with you? Okay. Oh, oh yeah. We'll do five days a week. Yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do cool. this. I'm going to do yeah. this. Yeah. Can I work with you? Like even with the work, with the yeah. job, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll say, yeah, cool. Yeah. Or, okay, great, man. Yeah. And then we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> that's and, what I'm and saying. Can we can we count on one hand? No, we can we can count on one hand. Yeah. Less than one hand. Yeah. Fingers, I think. <laughs> but how many guys actually do what they say they're going to do? Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, that's that's a huge thing, and it, and we laugh at it because it's we we just we could just read off each other and say, okay, I can see a trend coming, mm. and then all of a sudden, you know, oh yeah, I oh I couldn't do it because my cat had a sore paw. Yeah, my exactly. my cat had a sore yeah. paw, so that, that's a good excuse, right? Yeah. And then they people believe their little excuse lies, yeah. and they expect us to believe it yeah. when we when we know that it's just yeah, we know who we are. We're, you 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 talk a lot, yeah. and you want us to you know you, we want you want us to think you're all that in a bag of chips but but you don't do what you say you're gonna do and we're not even talking about going above and beyond no we're talking about like just a, ba a baseline level of like work ethic yeah in terms of getting getting your shit done yeah like just doing stuff on time like this is another, my uh, my girlfriend and i were talking about this the other day because we both are went through well she's still going through engineering i'm done engineering now and something that used to annoy us is there'd be deadlines for things 
kids wouldn't finish on time and then complain enough to the prof and then the prof would like push the deadline later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And so for her, she's in it right now. So it's come up a few times with her recently where it's like she's done something on time and she's she's busy. Like she has yeah. two jobs. She's full-time in school doing all extra shit, trying to go to the gym and take care of herself and do all this stuff at the same yeah. time. She's busy. She's got a yeah. lot of shit going on. Yeah. And she gets it done on time. Mm-hmm. So if that's... If you're able to, if someone like her is able to do that, then some of these other kids that all they do is school should be able to do that. Yep. And it's, it's not right that there's a deadline. You need to be done by the deadline. You're not allowed to skip the deadline. Deadline's a deadline. Because that's not real life. Right. And this is what, how people behave though. They skip their workouts. They can't make it to their shift. They don't show up and don't say anything. And you, you heard me giving some of the guys shit last week about, about the not showing up thing and not saying anything about it. Oh, I was going to bring that up because I was going to say how well you handle it. Mm-hmm. Because you could just because you made it very clear to them, like, yeah, this is how you screw people. So sorry, sorry, give, which which one were you talking well, about? Well, there's there is a couple. Yeah, there's so, a couple. Um, in our gym sessions, which Eric and I, well, it doesn't matter. It really, it doesn't matter. But in our gym sessions, we, Eric builds the program, and and let's say we have a group of eight, then you know what you, who you're pairing with who, and how the how it's going to flow and stuff, and it's important that the 12 guys or or yeah the eight guys that are supposed to be there are there because then you have to make changes and it's a lot easier to make changes or to know ahead of time than last second and then there was uh this week as well there was uh some kids that had to go to maybe a spring tournament or something came up on the ice and it left the group in a in a position where there wasn't enough guys to have our scrimmage day so we Mm -hmm. had to finagle it last second and the problem with this is 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 I hate that. The problem is when you when you when you don't have the common sense or the decency or the people skills to to send a text because that's all we really need or whatever as soon as you can or a phone call or let them know let you know that oh we we can't be here for this time. It screws ever not just you up. It screws up the whole group. Mm-hmm. Like especially if we're trying. We had a goalie not show up. This that week. was the big one. Just yeah. didn't feel like coming. I guess. Yeah. So we've got a game ready to go, and it's like I'm sitting there, and I just ready to lose my mind because you're the goalie. If it was one D, we could work around that. But when it's a goalie, it's like, come on, man. Yeah. But he didn't have the common sense or the decency to phone and say, "I just can't make it," or "I'm late," or "I'm sorry, I didn't show up to it. like nothing." Right. Just crickets from the kid. So you're not only so by not making that okay. So maybe you're afraid of what people think from the phone call. Like I'm letting everyone down. But that making the phone call at least allows everybody else to do something about it, mm-hmm. as opposed to sitting there going, "Okay, now we all hate your guts, yeah. and we don't want to ever yeah. talk to you again." That's right. Yeah, you, <laughs> you gain know? respect that way because yeah. the goalie was so. What's funny? So I had a hill workout on Friday, so I had a group of fifty. It was our first hill workout for my, one of my younger groups. Yeah, and I got fifteen guys or so, plus or minus, in that group. Right, and I had three show up. And you didn't on know. Friday, and I didn't know. So I'm expecting fifteen. And three were there. So, and here's what happened. It's a Friday. It's early in the morning. You have to get up to come to do the hill workout. Yeah. And you've been skating all day and whatever other reason you have. And it's, I got a couple texts like 10 minutes before the workout. I got, and then everyone else just didn't show up. So I had like four or five kids tell me, not entirely last minute, but like getting close to the deadline of what Couldn't I would get any closer. What I assume would be last minute. And then I had a bunch of guys not show up. So I gave them shit about it. Saying like, it's it's not acceptable for you to not show up and not say anything. I was like, I understand if you have 
uh, another commitment that has come up or um, a tournament for another sport or you're actually sick, not my tummy hurts five minutes before the hill day yeah. or whatever. But I need to know. Like you need to have enough, be considerate enough to let me know that because it does, like you said, it changes how everything's going to flow Everything. and how the group's going to flow and all that kind of stuff. So I gave him shit about that. And then right after that, this goalie thing happens with the other group who I also gave shit about for a couple guys not showing up the week before as well. And that was just a great example of everyone feeling how much that sucks. Yeah. And you're expecting to have a full game. We've got two full teams. Everyone's up, ready to go. And now there's only one goalie. Yeah. That ruins the whole day. Yeah. So you're here, dialed in, ready to play your game. And now there's no goalie. Yeah. So how, now what are you supposed to do? Now the day sucks. It just ruined, it just ruined the next yeah. two hours of your life. Yeah. Right? So that's what I said to the, to the guys. I brought them all in. I said, do you guys see what this feels like right now? Like, it's, it's disappointing. It's annoying. It's like, what the hell, man? It completely changes the activity that you're about to do now. Yeah. That's what happens when you guys don't let us know that you're not coming. Yep. It completely changes the dynamic. And this is just a, a good example of that, that you guys all can feel right now. So it's not acceptable yep. to, not, to not have that. And, and there's no reason for that either, to not show up and not say anything. There's right. absolutely no excuse for that. Nothing. No. I don't care what happens. If you, get in, if you get in a car accident on your way to the workout, you can send a text that yeah. I got into a car accident on the way to the workout. 100%. You know what I mean? So there's no, there's no reason outside of a few extreme examples where that's okay to do. Yeah, exactly. Know? So exactly. So that's that. Yeah, I had one more, one more thing I wanted oh, to circle sure. back on with with Eric before because this is going to start to get into like the attitude thing. I know you want to talk about. So you're talking about how he goes from coaching in the OHL to the East Coast now. So now you're dealing with professionals, but there's that attitude change with some guys, and that was something that was really clear to me playing in college because. In Canada, if you play Canadian University, it's a lot different than playing NCAA University in terms of the age and the types of players that yep. you're getting. So if you're going to NCAA in the, in the States playing Division One, those are all guys that would be in the same mental frame as guys playing in the OHL yes. or whatever. Yes. Where it's like, okay, I, I, I have aspirations to still play pro. Like that dream is still alive. I still have a really good tr shot at it based on the position that I'm in right now. People are watching me constantly. I need to be on until you get to those, you know, 20, 21 year olds still that play college in the States that maybe realize that their time kind of passed or whatever it is. In Canada, if you come and play Canadian university, most of the time, most of the guys, it's guys coming back from pro or guys coming, finish up their OHL career and didn't get picked or whatever. So they're on the downslide as opposed yep, to... For the most part. Yeah, as opposed to going up the hill, they're kind of coming down the hill for the most part. Obviously, yeah. there's exceptions to both of those, but yes. generally. Yes. And so as a coach, I remember thinking this in college because I was someone who just... I just cared, even though I knew yeah. I'm, I'm not going to go play in the NHL anymore or anything like that. I just cared to do well. I cared to try hard and all that kind of stuff. But a lot of guys don't. They have the attitude problem. And as a coach, having to change the way that you're communicating and how you're dealing with those relationships now when you don't really have the motivating factor of there's scouts watching you. Like that's easy to motivate a kid when they know that there's somebody watching them and they yeah. need to perform because they have a goal of moving to the next level. What if you don't have that? Right. You know, and yeah. how, how did that, does that change your coaching style now when you know, okay, so most of my guys are just here to go to school. They just want to get their education. And if it comes down to it, they're not going to make the extra sacrifice for the hockey anymore. Like that's kind of gone. Yeah. You know, and so I'm, I'm going to be interested to see how Eric 
handles that kind type of situation because he's been just an OHL coach so far. You know, so I don't know if you had any thoughts on on that. Yeah, no, I, I was. I, that's that was the questions I asked him. I said, "There's going to be that attitude," and he goes, "Like, doesn't bother him at all because he he's going to coach the guys that want to have it, like that want to go." Yeah, and they're within that Leaf system, so you know. And Eric has a good job of bringing the pride out of people, so yeah. we'll see. Yeah, yeah, we'll see, hundred cool. percent. So as I was wa- like uh, last week, so we have a group of kids, minor Bantam, so they would be thirteen ish, yeah. I think. And uh, one of the mothers, uh, so I, okay, so I'll just tell you a little quick little story. I think I told you already. Is uh, one of the one of the students in the camp was just kind of being distracted. I'll say it that way. He was being distracted, and it affected the group. So we had to talk to him about it. So mom found out, and she reamed him. She reamed him pretty good. So good for mom because a lot of times, I've had this several times where we've talked to. I've had to talk to a parent. And say, hey, your son was disruptive, disrespectful, behaved this way, whatever. And it's really weird. I don't understand. But most of the time, it's like, oh, there's always two sides to a story, which oh, I yeah. understand. <laughs> and then it always comes back that their son was not that guilty. Like, right? It's kind of, there's an innocent side, yep. which I know that they weren't. Yep. I was there, and I'm trying to handle this the proper way. So I was very happy that um, that this this lady addressed her son she didn't ask any not one question she didn't say oh really but what did someone else do she goes yeah i'll deal with that and she reamed his butt so kudos to her that's 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 a good step Mm -hmm. number two was that day that she saw me she introduced herself and she said uh i i listened to all your podcasts andy and uh, i was trying to find one about you you're talking whatever she she was looking for a specific one and i go i don't I got 40 of them under my belt and I, I can't remember which one it is. I said, so I, I showed her how to look for clips and stuff. She was okay, great. And then yesterday she asked me if I could do a podcast on um, helping her, like basically helping her so or helping her son deal with his attitude. So I said, absolutely. So she gave me some questions on, uh, I said, fire me some questions on what you would like or, and I can, we can work with that. No problem. So this podcast today is going to be, I'm going to, we're going to try to do our best to speak to the, ch- the, 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 the student or the player, the younger player, the best that we can. And, um, of course we're going to have to deflect a little bit to the parents to, to help the kids yep. out, but that's, that's the number one thing. So she was asking me about, uh, something and I said, well, number one, before we even talk about it and before I go back on the ice or whatever, as I said, and she's a reader and she asked me what books to read. I said, so number one, get this one. So this one's called, uh, the way of the warrior kid by Jocko Willink. Willink. So I'm going to put it up here. All right. It's excellent. So you can get, get it online or whatever. And, um, so she, she ordered it right away, right in front of me, which is good. I, I, I wrote a note to my son. I bought him this a couple years ago. It says, Charlie, I thought this would be a, you would love this book. Go be a warrior. Love you, your crazy dad. So he read this and he loved it. And I've given this to quite a few kids. Now, I also told the lady yesterday that, and Grammy's going to read it tonight. I'm going to bring it to Grammy. She, I showed her last night. She's going to read it. I said, it's an excellent book for kids. But if you're not a big reader as an adult, this is a great leadership book for yourself. Yep. And you might say, wow, it's a kid's book. Yeah, it's a kid's book, but it's an incredible book. It's a, it's. If I only read one book in life and it was this, The Way of the Warrior Kid, it would be actually worth it as yeah. an adult. So it just speaks on uh, kid was bullied. Basically, not bullied. He had zero confidence. 
Yeah. He was kind of bullied a little bit by one guy. He had all the issues that kids have growing up and his Navy SEAL uncle came into town to spend the summer with him and kind of helped him address all his issues. So yeah. the, the, the writer Jocko does this in such a great way, uh, led by example and all this kind of stuff that mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the day, the he became a pretty good warrior. Yeah, so I got I just quick punching on that. There's a story about a guy. Uh, I heard it on Jocko's podcast, actually. I think it was about this book in particular, but uh, he was saying that a dad was reading it to his son. Yeah. And it ended up changing the dad's life. 100%. So it's for the kids, but just that speaking to just the lessons. And it's a lot of stuff that you already know or you think you know, yeah. but it's just articulating it to yourself now yeah. and reading it. It can be really helpful. So it's a yeah. good book. So it's an excellent, 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 excellent book. So again, way, The Way of the Warrior Kid. Awesome. I recommend everybody read it several times, to be honest with you, mm. because it's uh, the lessons are great. So speaking on that, uh, one of the questions she asked was, uh, and, I, and we're probably going to stay on this one for a while, and we're probably going to we're going to probably break this the questions into a couple podcasts. So the first one she asked is, um, she asked her son, "What makes a great hockey player, uh, or what, what what separates a good hockey player from a great hockey player?" And his answer was attitude. So mom said that she doesn't really buy that he believes that attitude, or he's not buying it. Um, and then she said, I wish, because after our conversation, she, her next question or comment was, I wish he could understand that competition is with himself, not putting, not taking pressure from other people to mm. perform. So I think we'll stick on that for right Yeah, now. so I'll start, yeah. start you off on that. So there are two pieces to that. The first, so I'm thinking, uh, just because I know who the uh, people are in the example. So the yeah. one, the, what I'm thinking is for mom to ask, the kid that what kids sometimes do is they mm-hmm. give the answer that they think they're supposed to give. Yes. Not that they necessarily believe. So for this kid, let's say maybe it wasn't his first time getting a talking to about his attitude. Now he has in his head that attitude's really important because everyone keeps telling me that attitude's really important without him actually believing that his attitude is really important. So whether or not attitude is the difference between a good and great hockey player isn't really relevant. The point is, it is important what your atti- how your attitude is, how you behave in front of other people and what you think about how you play and how you perform and, and all that kind of stuff. So when it comes to that, that attitude piece, it's important that the kid actually gets to see why that would be important. So an issue that, that can come up is if you're constantly kind of berating your kid with, and I'm not saying this lady is doing that. That's just no, an no, example. If you're constantly telling your kid your attitude sucks. You need to change your attitude. You need to fix your attitude. Why do you have a bad attitude? Get the scowl off your face. And you keep hitting them with that. Then they're going to think that the right answer is I need to have a good attitude, whether or not they actually believe that they need to have a good attitude. So if you're in a position where this kind of speaks to the parents, not so much the kid, but if you're in a position where you're constantly having to address the attitude thing and it's still an issue, then the kid hasn't had an example yet where he can see why that would be important. Yeah. So it's important to kind of touch, like get it that in that realm. And then before I throw it back to you, what was the second part of that? Um, he, he competing with other people versus himself. It's, it's a, his own, his own battle. Yeah. And basically. I think this, this is, you were, we were talking about this before we, um, went, went on air. Yeah. <laughs> is, uh, and I see this with a lot of kids too, especially the kids that might be like a little bit of a shit disturber. 
you see their eyes, yep. right? And this was something you were saying before, and I wanted to throw it before you take it, is you see where they're, they're looking around. Mm -hmm. And if it's a kid that you know is like looking for attention or might be a little bit of a bully or whatever, like the coaches are always looking around. And you can see that the kid who does, is, does that kind of behavior often is also looking around. So the amount of times our eyes accidentally meet because both of us are looking around, is, it's funny because yep. you can tell they're just waiting for, yeah. to, one, to see if we're looking yeah. or two, to see when we're not looking yeah. to do yeah. whatever. Or they're behavior. just looking for trouble. Or they're just looking, <laughs> looking for, trouble, for something. Yeah. Right? So those are the two pieces. I just want to lay that out before you, before you, uh, you take it on there. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to speak now as, a, as if I think I, I can do this as if I'm speaking to this hockey player himself. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about hockey, number one. So my first question will always be, why do you play hockey? That's number one. Why do you play? Mm -hmm. Why the heck do you play hockey? And, and hopefully it's because you love hockey. If, because if you don't love hockey, then all this stuff doesn't matter anyways, in regards to hockey, it'll just be more applicable to life, I guess. But as far as hockey goes, you should love hockey. Now, having said that, some people are just so good at hockey that passion of hockey is not important. They're just that good, but that's very, very rare. So if you love hockey, then this matters to you, that your attitude and your performance matters to you. So that's number one. Um, and if you have aspirations to, to, to go somewhere in hockey, which is I think is important because it, it, it'll fuel you to make better decisions, but everybody, every all kids say they want to play in the NHL. Say they want to play in the NHL, yeah. uh, or play in the OHL. But your actions have to prove that. So, anyways, uh, if if you play and you love it, then we have something to work with. If you don't, then it's going to be a pain in the ass. And I told this to a group of kids the other day. I said, if you don't love this and you don't want to come here and work your butt off every single time, every single shift, and every everything that you do, then just tell your parents that and then save them a bunch of money. So that's number one. The, the next thing would be attitude is like, that's a, it's a huge word that I, th I think people don't really understand. And I can, I could tell you a mistake that I still, I'm still growing with is that I used to think attitude was being just positive. So if I, if someone said, how, how are you doing today? I would make sure that I had an inflection in my voice and body language that would match. Oh, I'm doing really good, but maybe I wasn't. But I thought that that was the right answer all the time. Yeah, exactly. Like kind of like what you said. So it was it was not necessarily true. I could have been very scared. I've been in situations where I had a lot of fear, but I said, oh yeah, no, great. And if if you show any kind of weakness in any way, that like as a hockey player and as a person, but if you show weakness, then it shows you might you might think that it shows that you're not good enough. So you have to pretend. And that's that's a, a mistake, number one. So if your attitude is simply, it's, it's something else than just being positive. Because being positive doesn't really change a whole lot of things sometimes. So there's real, realistic stuff and there's, there's things that you have to do instead of just being positive. There's action steps that you have to do to, to be successful yeah you're gonna say something well i don't i don't want to cut you off if you're still on a thought go ahead no you go ahead so because what i was gonna what i was gonna do is just to make this very like specific and direct i was gonna say to you so as as the coach or someone who trains kids trains nhl players pros whatever just basic basic question why do you think at like a good attitude is important so if you're a player like why specifically should you have a good attitude because 
my, what I was getting to before was saying, if you have never seen that having a good attitude, it is important because you haven't got the benefit of that, then you wouldn't know. So yeah. as a kid, it's like, what do I have to have a good attitude for? Yeah. Like who cares? But right? the thing is, is that what is a good attitude? That's the question. What is a good attitude? Right. So a good attitude to me is, you know, it's, it's not fake, but a good attitude is how you approach things. So for example, and this is all learned stuff. When the, like, cause I used this with, with the lady yesterday, I said, when we do a drill and you're up against someone that you know is going to beat you, this is attitude. Now your attitude is going to reflect whether, okay, so you're skating with the best player in the, in the city. I know that I'm going to lose this battle. Right. So no, I probably, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm probably going to lose this yeah. battle. How do I approach that? Attitude number one says I'm going to give it like a, a, the right attitude. It's going to say, this is good for me because I'm playing with someone probably better. If I work really, really hard, I might lose this battle. But if I continue to go against this guy, it's going to make me better. And maybe I might win in five tries or in five years or whatever. But going against the best guy all the time. That's a good attitude. I'm going to work hard. And whether I win or lose, I'm not going to go freak out about it either way. I'm going to give it my best. What goes through or, or the opposite attitude will be, oh, it's the best guy on the ice. I, I've got to go tie my skate now. Yeah, yeah. To avoid, um, to avoid embarrassment, which you shouldn't be embarrassed, but this is a learned thing. Uh, to avoid losing, feeling bad about yourself. And what are the what are the fears in life? Fears are what do other people think, and fear of failure. That's what the major fear. Is. What are what is everyone going to think about me? The answer to that, and I'm speaking to you as a kid here, like whoever's listening. The answer to that is actually no one really cares. No one really cares whether you win or lose because they're not paying attention to you. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And um, that's that's, and a, what if that's I, actually really important though. No, it's really like, important. No one actually cares. No like one. you think you can get in your own head and think yeah. that other people really care yeah. about you and like what's happening to you, but no one actually cares. It's like when people are insecure about going to the gym because they think everyone's watching them. Right. It's very rarely does that actually happen. Whereas unless you're being obnoxiously flamboyant in the gym, yeah. then it's, it's no one actually cares. Yeah. Everyone's just focusing on what they're doing. And yeah. it's the same for the kids. Yeah. Sorry. I just wanted to. No, that's, that. that's fine. And then yeah. fear of failure. Like you are going to fail. You are going to fail. So the fear of what other people think, people actually don't think about you. They really don't. And if they did, so what? And I know that's actually maybe not the best advice because it's it's still like if people, if you're doing something and you think that someone's judging you or going to, some kids will make fun of you. Ah, you lost again or something like that. But yeah. it's like, it's not important. The most important part of that is that you went into the battle or you went into something that was uncomfortable. You went into something where you maybe most likely we're going to lose, but you tried anyways. That's a victory, not a loss. That's a hundred percent victory, not a loss. And if you can do that over and over, you're building a crust on you that you, you, you've got some resilience and having resilience will eventually help you win. Yep. Right. Oh, yeah. So what people think about you, whatever, and fear of failure, failure is actually not a failure. It's, it's a, it's a win. Yep. And it's, it's an old thing, like a, a, a good boxer, right? It's not about how many times you hit somebody. It's about, it's about how many times you can get hit and keep moving forward. You might even get knocked down, but it's getting back up 
and keep pushing forward. That's that's why they make movies. Mm-hmm. That's why people. That's the story of victory. It's the guy that. It's not the guy that gets up and wakes up in the morning and just succeeds at everything he does. That, there wouldn't be a good story. It's the guy. You know that's why we watch movies and read books and mm-hmm. are interested in the guy. That's the the. Uh, and we when we talk so awesome about a kid on the ice that improves so much the underdog that, story man that's it's it. so awesome yeah. yeah the underdog story it's it's so awesome and that's why it's so important for for you as a child or as a player to understand that you embrace your 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 shortcomings and you work on them. that's what attitude is to me yeah so being positive and saying oh yeah like so we go back to that scenario and you put that kid against someone well if you ask him okay you're gonna go against the best guy in in uh on the ice today if 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 you did attitude like just verbally he'd say oh yeah okay no problem but how do you really feel your actions will show yeah so that's that you're gonna say something yeah so if is that you feel like that's a good definition for attitude yeah it is it is but it's also it's 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 controlling your attitude which is mental toughness and attitude and it's all kind of one and the same but you go ahead first well so because because i'm i just want to get to that question is like so why is that actually important to have so you you touched on it a little bit there is like so the one example you gave if you're going against the best guy on the ice and you know that you're you're most likely going to lose how you deal with that situation and you pointed to the benefit of that is eventually you may not lose anymore because you keep trying you keep getting better that's right and that's that's one benefit of having that yeah but in a more general sense there's short-term and long-term benefits to that so that would be more of a a long-term benefit where it's Mm -hmm. like over time if that's your attitude towards situations where you you know you might be at a disadvantage you might end up not being at the disadvantage later whereas if you have a shitty attitude about it and don't try and take a break every time then you're never going to get better and then you're never catching that kid Never. And that so so that's that's one that's more of a long term thing that yeah. you can't see. Yeah. But in the short term, I got a couple things that I wrote down here. The first thing that I want to I want to point out to all the kids and all the parents because some of them might not think this, or they're 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 fooling themselves and saying that it's not true. But like there's par- parents and coaches they don't like certain kids. Yeah. Right. Just like you don't like certain friends. If you're in a group on your team, there's kids you don't like. Yes. Or in your class, there's kids you don't like. Yes. And for the parents and coaches at work, there's people you don't like. And some parents don't like their kids. Some yep. parents don't like other people's kids. Some teachers don't like some of their students. Some coaches don't like some of their players. And that's true. If you think that's not true, then you're just fooling yourself because yep. that's just what it is. Yeah. So if you're a kid that has a good attitude, whereas like you come in ready to work, ready to learn, you listen when people are talking to you, you have good body language, you're not goofing around when it's not time to goof around, which is different than saying you can never goof around because you can goof around if it's appropriately placed. So what happens if you have those characteristics and those other things that you're talking about is that people want to help you. Mm -hmm. And this goes to what we were talking about at the start of the podcast is you care as much as the kid cares. So if the kid comes in and he has a bad attitude, then even if the kid does care, it isn't apparent to the person who's teaching you. It comes across like you don't care. You're just here to goof around. You don't. That's how it comes across. Yeah. And as coaches, it's tough because you have to try to, or teachers or parents, you have to try to like sift through that to still teach them and, and give them chance after chance after chance because that's what kids need because they're going to keep making mistakes. But as the kid, if you can get rid of that, and you come to class or you come to the gym or you go on the ice and you have that type of attitude about you, then everyone that's around you, they want to pick you on their team because, and whether you're the best player or not, they don't care Mm -hmm. because it's irrelevant to us. We've said it before. I'll take a shitty kid that has a good attitude over the best kid that sucks in terms of attitude any day of the week. I I want to work with a kid that 
wants to learn and wants to train, even yeah. if he can't shoot a puck. Yeah. I'd rather work with that kid. Yeah. So if you come in and have some of those characteristics, that means more people are going to like you, which is a good thing, not in the sense of you need to care what people think, but you're trying to get opportunities. Mm-hmm. And people give opportunities to people that are willing to do the work and that have a good attitude. Because they want them around. They want you in their group. But if you're a shithead kid that's always causing, causing crap, then when you come into my gym, I'm, I'm not paying as much attention to you. Not going to happen. Because you're not showing me that you are deserving of that attention or that you're going to do something with that attention. Because every time I turn around, you're bullying some kid or, or, or talking, talking shit or, or, not, or listening to you. not listening or not doing the, what I said yeah. correctly or whatever. And we pick up on all that stuff. Well, having said that, I'm going to cut you yep. off. Amazes me every single time because it's every single session on the ice. And I'm talking pros and everything. When you go to the board or you say something or you're drawing out the drill or whatever, and then you got someone that there's already been six guys or eight guys that have done the first set of drills. And then the same guy messes up the drill. He's a drill buster because he just didn't take the time to, Listen to the drill. Yeah. And and six or seven guys go, so what were you doing? Right. And why are you even going? Right. So what? to your point is you sit there and you go, I just wasted my time with you. So there's one there's one check mark. And then it happens again. Then it happens again. It's yeah. like, you know what? You don't even want to speak to the guy. Right. Because why Why would you? He's not listening. Yeah. And with, with all these behaviors, what you're doing is you're either building or or breaking down your social credit yeah. among your peers. Yeah. And it's really it's really important that you can do that you're you're always stocking up with what people th- with what people think of you. Yeah. In the sense of if it's gym class and we have to pick teams, I want to pick him first. Yeah. Because he's a good teammate, he's actually a pretty good player or a pretty yeah. good athlete or whatever. And now those guys your your friends want to give you opportunities or your teammate wants to pass you the puck or whatever because now you're a guy that I like. Yeah. And the same thing with the coaching. Yeah. If you're if you're a guy that's constantly drill busting, it's like this kid is just driving me crazy. Yeah. Like this kid's annoying. I don't want him on the ice anymore. I'm yeah. about to tell his mom not to bring him anymore. Yeah. That's what that's what it yeah. starts to come down to if you do yeah. that over and over and yeah. over and over again. Yeah, right. Hundred percent. And for even the the best kids, obviously there's pluses and minuses. Like you're gonna do some things that annoy me. You're gonna do some things that don't. Yeah. Same to you. Same to your parents. Yeah. Same whatever. But you want the net result to be you're in the positive. Yeah. Because now people give a shit about you. Yeah. Because you're showing that you give a shit about what's going on. Yeah. And that's why that that year older group with the the O sevens, those kids fire me up, man. Like I love being around those kids. I want them in the gym. I was I talked to all their parents about bringing them in more because there's three in particular. I know. And there's there's more, but there's three in particular that I'm like these kids are dialed in, man. Like they work hard. Cream of the crop. Good attitude. We've ever had. Yeah. Polite. Like treat people well in their group. They're never a problem ever. They do things properly and they're good athletes on top of that it's like that's my bread and butter man that's what i want here all the time those are the kinds of kids that you love to train because those are the kids that have the potential to succeed because they're going to take the help and actually do something with it yeah you know and so that that's that's my answer to that question like why you think it's important is because if you don't have that then you miss all that yeah 100 percent um the uh the the other side of i was just thinking as you were saying that is if you don't know what to do Honestly, as a kid, if you don't know what to do, look at, look around. And this, I can say this, this is the other thought I was having the other day. It's, it's incredible. Like there's in our facility, in our atmosphere, you have, we have uh, people that are great people and 
the, one of the proudest things that I can say about this is that you're a reflection of me to some degree growing like, up like in the system. Personally? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Your values That's and everything sure. you, yeah. you do the things like you've, you've bought into my system and you reflect the way I act. And there was points of your life. I'm not throwing words in your mouth here, but you, you emulated what I did. Cause you knew it was 100%. that's good stuff. Yeah, that's good shit for sure. Hundred percent. And then Charlie was saying to me yesterday about one of the guys that works out. It says, "Dad, it's funny because this guy, when he works out, he tries to be like Eric. He breathes the same way, even if it's like light. He breathes the same way, and he tries to do it like Eric. That's good yeah. because that's another way that to get a good attitude is you find a role model." And, and I'm careful how I say this because role models can disappoint you as well. But you find someone that, that's how I became myself. That's how I became me. Because I didn't have like a lot of uh, guidance. So I had to look around and say, okay, that, uh, that guy's confident. Mike Felino, confident. I used to see him walk around, confident. Okay, I want to be like Mike. That's a commercial actually. I want to be like Mike. He walks around and it's like something about him. He's got some swag. And then there was Bucky. He was. These are all older guys, right? Bucky was... Uh, uh, hilarious like funny 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 but i realized at some point funny was funny but yeah you've said now it's too much too much there's a line so i like mike's confidence and his swag but it's like it seems like he's that's not me totally because he's too 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 stiff it seems i like bucky's humor but it's way over the top maybe a combination of those things are good and find an appropriate line and then it was someone's work ethic. It was someone else's this and this, and and it molded me, it shaped me, and I it was able to find out what was good for me and gave me my attitude. Yeah. And uh, some some of the people that I kind of followed or listened to is you'd never think so. Like one one of my uh, I, I don't want to call him a mentor, but someone I discuss things with once in a while, and he's a dentist, and uh, doesn't look like any of my other friends, but he's an intelligent person and he can put things together. So I like his brain. Yeah. You know stuff like that. So 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 the kids can look at any of our guys here and kind of emulate that and you're going to get a good attitude, but listen to it and see why they make decisions and yeah. why they do things. Well, I got, there's two little sayings that I want to, I want to clarify one thing first. One of them was at the start, cause we were talking about, um, you shouldn't care what people think. Right. And then when I was just talking, I mentioned caring what people think <laughs> yeah. a couple of times. Right. Yeah. So yeah. when people, when people, this goes back to my, it depends thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you shouldn't care what people think when it's like this outside source judgmental, right. well, why are you doing that? Like, that's stupid, like yeah. whatever. That's a time where it's not appropriate to care what people think. But it's actually important to care what some people think. Because like I was touching on it before, those are the people that are going to give you the opportunities that yes. you want. Yeah. Right? Because you, So if your goal yeah. is, I want to be an NHL hockey player, that means that you need to be given opportunities to show that you're capable of being an NHL hockey player. And someone has to give that to you. So what are you going to do to make somebody give that to you? That means it's important that that person thinks highly of you or you're not going to get that opportunity. You won't get that chance. Yeah. So it, it depends on the context of who you're caring thinks about you, like depending on what you're doing. So if you're in a group setting with your teammates that are all 12, 13, 14 year olds and somebody keeps talking shit to you and, and chirping you for this and that or yeah. saying you take things too serious or you need to lighten up or relax, man, or whatever maybe not the most important that you care what that person thinks. That's right. But when it's your coach on the ice, yeah. 
maybe it's a little more important that you care what that person thinks. Yeah. You know, so the blanket statement of like you shouldn't care what yeah. people think, that's that's wrong. Yeah. Because it actually just depends on what the, the circumstance is. Yeah. You know, and it's the same at, at school or at the first example we gave. Um, I remember we talked about this a while ago. You were mentioning one of Charlie's teachers wasn't taking serious him saying that, well, I want to play in the NHL. Right. And your teacher who knows nothing about hockey, nothing about how to get there, nothing about what it takes, them saying, well, you might, you're probably not going to do that. Right. Maybe it doesn't really matter what he thinks. There's a, there's a good example of that. Yeah. But then when you're on the ice and the scouts are watching, is it important that, yeah. that like, or you, Eric, you what, Eric is your coach yeah, or Eric's I train, yeah. you it know, cares what that handfuls per- of NHL players. Exactly. It do- actually does matter in this context. That's right. So I, I wanted to clarify that. Yeah, first. no, that's a good point. And then the second thing that you were kind of saying is, uh, like looking at people um, and trying to emulate what they're doing, mm-hmm. copying. Mm-hmm. And so copying is often a negative word. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to be a copycat Flattering, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so there's a saying that people say is like fake it till you make it kind of thing. Yeah. And there's something to that, both positively and negatively. Yeah. Because if you're just if you're just a faker without actually doing the work, then you're just a faker. Yeah. Right. You're just a phony guy. That's yeah. it. But something I remember that happened with me. So when I started to kind of, like you were saying, do things that I thought were right, just to make my life better, make my hockey career better, make myself better. The people around me didn't necessarily react positively to that. And I used to get some heat, especially from my family, which is interesting about like, dude, why are you doing that? Or that's not you, or you don't really want to do that. That's not actually what you want to do because they're judging me based on my past behaviors. Yeah. But there has to be a change at some point, mm-hmm. you know? So in that sense, to, to other people, it's like I was faking it. It's like, oh, you don't really care about your nutrition that much. Or, dude, you don't want to get up that early in the morning right? or whatever. And that was the judgment while I'm in that transition phase. So to them, I'm like kind of faking. I'm not actually like or it's that. it's a new fad thing. Exactly. But you keep doing it over time because faking the good habits in terms of you're actually doing the good habits or like pretend to be the person you want to be mm-hmm. and act the way they act. Mm-hmm. And if you stick with that consistently, then eventually you'll be like that person. Yeah. And that's what happened with me is in the same way as you, like there, I had certain mentors or certain sources of information that I would follow. And then over time, those things became habit to me. And now nobody questions what I'm doing anymore yeah. because I do it every day yeah. because I actually want to do it. Yep. So in that, but in that transition phase where I was starting to change the way I was behaving, starting to change my attitude, starting to change my habits, it can come across to other people around you that it's like, oh, you're, you're faking it. That's not you. Like you're pretending yeah. or whatever. But if you're actually serious, and that's an important thing to know of whether or not you're actually serious about what you're doing, over time, your, your patterns actually change. And then you look back years, years down the line or months down the line or whatever it is down the line. It's like, oh, wow, like I'm actually doing all these things now that I, I've heard are important or that this person I look up to um, has shown me are important or, or that I would like to be yep. or whatever. So those yep. are like the two things, like the not caring what people think, like take that with everything I just explained, like take, keep that in mind. And then that, that fake it to you make it thing. Like there's, there's something to that where like you can just start to do, even if you think you're pretending, you know, just start and then you keep going with it and keep going with yeah, it. And then eventually it's a habit that, yeah. that you'll keep, you know, yeah. 
if it's you. Yeah. And that, yeah. that changes people's perception of you over yeah. time. Like it might not be today. Yeah. And this goes back to that short term versus long term yeah. effects things. You have a good attitude and you're doing those things. And over time, yeah. that's a long term positive of having that. Yeah. And going when we were talking about the kids uh, battling about someone that's with someone that's better than them, you might be the best kid on the ice. In fact, if you want to play in the NHL or you want to go to the OHL, even you have to be the best guy, the best guy on the ice. So you want to get there at some point. Now, the best guy on the ice has to have an attitude as well. And an attitude is, is like, it doesn't matter. Like if I'm playing against kids that are less than me, I, I still have to be my best. And what's good about that is you're making the people around you better, but you're also, um, if, if you're the best guy that you have to find your own competition and that's, you know, competing with yourself to make sure that you're, uh, that, that, that you're giving it everything you got, mm -hmm. because it is what it is, man. If you're the best guy on the ice, you still have to have the attitude that, that I'm going to be the best on the ice. And, and if, if, let's say in this scrimmage game, I got three goals. Well, was that good enough? I should have been pushing for nine. Yeah. And if I got nine, I should be pushing for 15. Yeah. You know, it should, should never end. You need to be the best person on the ice. Yeah. Now, having said all that, um, I forget what I was going to say. I'll punch in while you okay. think. So one of the, one of the um, examples I had that came up about exactly what you're just saying, I get that, that attitude part of it too. So with my older group, that'd be Charlie's age group. I got a lot of studs in that group yeah, that great. work freaking hard, man. And so every time I see that attitude piece start to slip and it shows up in a lot of different ways, yep. I like, like point my finger at it right away and like, and point it out. So we we're at the hill yesterday and grass is wet, no speaker. So no music early. So it's, it would be, it would be easy and it was easy to just be kind of flat, not a lot of energy. Like this kind of sucks because it's wet and I keep slipping or or whatever your your problem is. And so a lot of them kept talking about how slippery it was. Oh. And yeah. that's that's a bad attitude thing to me. Even yeah. though for them, they all have great attitudes. Like yeah. none of them yeah. and especially in that top crop of yeah. kids of five or six of them, none of them have a bad attitude. Yeah. But I, you just see it start yeah. to poke its head yeah. because we, everyone's human. Yeah. They start to complain about it. And so I let it go for the first like few times. And all of them are doing it. Like my top guys, all of them kept saying yeah. it or making comments that there was no music, like no speaker yeah. or whatever. And so I stopped after like it happened several times. And I said to them, I was like, I don't want to hear about the grass one more time. It's slippery. It sucks. Okay. Move on. Mm -hmm. Right. There's no music. It's quiet out. You have to sit with the pain of just running up a hill now. Yeah. Deal with it. Yeah. Don't want to hear it again. And nobody said a word well, about it. It's like, what, it's like what we talked about. It's it's if it's bad, it's good. Just yeah. make it good. Make it good. And if that's it's wet. Good. Okay. Now yeah. we have to dig in a little bit more. We have to maybe focus on something else. No music. Good. Now you can get in your own yeah. head. Now we can work with each other and talk to each other. Like there's always the flip side. Mm -hmm. Bad can be good. And it's constantly a battle yeah. in your head to not let those things seep in. So like another one thing I used to do in college is I was always an early waker upper. Yeah. Most people aren't. Right. So I would show up to our 7 a.m. workout on Monday, which 7 o'clock is not that early in the morning. Jeez, no. When you're in your 20s especially, like you've already played junior, you've had a lot of early mornings, you've, you've hopefully got some kind of um, time management skills with your school where you've had to get up early and study or early classes or whatever. So it's not that early. And I would come and there'd be guys like, like snoozing still. They just woke up five minutes before the workout and walked over to the gym or, or whatever. And I would always be just like fresh as a daisy, not like obnoxious energy guys. Sometimes I did it on purpose just because of how dragging some of the other guys were. But for the most part, I was just like, you, it could be 
4 p.m. It could be noon. It could be 7 p.m. Just as well as it could be 7 a.m. And my yeah. demeanor was the exact same. Right. And that's an attitude thing. Absolutely. Because I'm here. Our workout's at 7. I'm here. I'm here on time. I'm ready to work out. I'm yeah. going to try hard. Yeah. Boom. Done. Yeah. Yeah. And I never had an issue. And all my coaches yeah. had respect for me for that. Yeah. Because that was what I always put out there. Yeah. Not over the top one way and not, not under the other way. And never... Yeah never just like going with what the group consensus is. And that's something that's easy to do when there's a lot of guys around you. So when we're at the hill and everybody starts complaining about the grass, it's easy to start complaining about the grass or to blame the grass or yeah, to go slower now because you might slip or, yeah. or whatever. And that's yeah. all, all attitude stuff. So that's yeah, all that's reminding me as you're talking yeah. there. Yeah. So, so, so I'm thinking here attitude. So how do we ab- approach this with a young guy? Right. So let's, let's say I want to be a hockey player. Okay. So, how do you want to be a hockey player? What does that mean to you? Well, to have a good attitude about it is like, I want to be the best hockey player I can. Let's say it's that. So I'm talking to a kid right now. Yep. What, do you, what do you want in life? You want to be a hockey player. Okay, how, how good of a hockey player do you want to be? I want to be the best player I can. Okay, so that's an attitude. I want to be the best player I can. And I'm going to say the same thing I would say for, some, for someone that I'm coaching uh, like to execute as a hockey player. I'm going to give you three things that you can work on every shift to, to say that I had a good shift. Right, uh, you, you take three qualities that you have, or four, but don't not too many. Just a couple things you can work on to make a habit. Number one, I'm always gonna be the, you know, I'm gonna make a good pass. I'm gonna uh, make, uh, back check hard. You know, three things, whatever, in a game. So you do the same thing with your attitude, because if you don't know, like I'm talking about a 13 year old kid that's gonna try this, right? Yeah. I, I want to have a good attitude. My my attitude is important. Well, what does that mean? Okay, let's let's. I want to be a good hockey player. Okay, that's number one. What makes a good hockey player? Like what? What's going to make you a good hockey player? Well, you got to you're, you're going to have to compete and whatever. So okay, I'm going to compete as hard as I can at everything I do. So that's an attitude. That's an attitude. That if you, t- if you take that one attitude right there, going to compete and give it the best that I can do every single time. That's an attitude. So now when you come to the rink, you turn you turn on. I want to be a great hockey player, right? So you walk into the rink and they're like, really, nothing else should matter. It shouldn't really matter if the guys are joking around and, and you're getting ready for hockey and you're doing the drill as absolutely as hard as you can. And you do it right. You do it wrong. You're doing it your best. You know that you, 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 you are meeting a, a requirement that you've asked of yourself to be the best that you can be. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. So if you can just do that, every drill, every, when the coach is, so what does that mean as well? The coach is talking, you're, you want to be the best. So you're going to listen. You're going to give him the best as well. So you're giving your best at all times. So that hour, hour and a half, that you're on the ice, you're going to give your best. Now, if you, if you do that, there's an attitude, and there's an attitude that counts, right? If you, if, and, and someone, you always get rewarded for hard work and, and for being your best. No one could ever deny you from that. So that, that would be a number one thing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then you could spin off of that, what else do I need to do? So in, and I'm going to use the, uh, the person that asked yesterday like to do this podcast. Yeah. Would I see the biggest flaw that he has? Is, a, is he's just distracted on the ice. What I see is that he's looking for for things to distract him, for things to, like when someone chirps, he's right into the chirp fest and it's like he gets in his head and it's over. And he's he keeps looking at us for things. He's looking at, he'll skate by a bench, he looks at the bench and he's waiting for the chirp. So all what, what's happening is now, now, and this is what a number, one of my number one rules when I coached is I told the kids, I said, you can, you never, ever, ever speak to a referee, good or bad, unless you say good game ref or whatever, but I said, I do not want you speaking to a ref. 
Number two, I do not want you speaking to the other team. So some of the guys couldn't get over that because they like to chirp a little bit. But I, but I said, okay, here's the thing, guys. As soon as you get out of your own head, they've got your energy. So if someone calls you whatever name, if that's bothering you, you're off your game. I don't care. Now, some people t- make the argument that, you know, you get in the game by chirping and stuff. Well, I disagree. And and you're just not going to do it with my team. I haven't mm-hmm. seen it work to too many people's benefit, to be I, honest I would with say you. I would say it's rare. Like, there's yeah. there's a couple guys, like, if you look at the Na- National Hockey League. National there's a couple, Hockey Yeah, there's a couple guys yeah. that come to mind that can do that. Like, uh, Marshawn is one. That's Otter, Otter was one. Yeah. Very few, though. Yeah. But, so, but okay, but let's just say Otter was one and Marshawn's one. The, their words, to me, it means nothing. You right. say whatever you want. Yeah. If I let that into my head, I'm ruined. Yeah. So you yeah. can say whatever you want. I don't care. You can you can make fun of my, you know, you could go cross every line that you're allowed to cross, mm-hmm. like you're not allowed to cross anymore. You say those things. If I pay attention to that, I'm out of my own head. So w- this is like, again, mental toughness 101. Control what you can control, right? And you can control whether that affects you or not or whether you listen to that. So having the attitude of going on the ice, giving it your best, and then controlling the distractions, like for this for, for mm-hmm. this young guy, is like that would be your number one thing right now is to contr- worry about what you are doing at this particular time, which is basically mental toughness 102 is <laughs> um, control the controllables and then live in the like be present yeah so if you're present meaning you're actually here to play hockey to work on a skill to train to you know to have a shift yeah. or that's whatever the purpose that is all you care yeah. about and that's all that matters nothing else matters so if someone's calling you the worst names or saying you suck and all these kind of things you don't even hear it because you're focused on okay when the puck drops i have a job to do mm-hmm. that's it that's all and when you when you can do that that's when you that's when you find like the distractions they don't mean anything anymore yeah. so I'm telling you man I've seen too many guys get caught up in the words and the roughing and all these different things and there's nothing that they can control and their game goes sideways and they're so distracted that it doesn't matter and that's what I so for for you know who this is for that would be something I would really concentrate on is control what you can control be the best hockey player you can number two the distractions you have to learn how to eliminate them because they're just words yep. I'm going to throw a third on that. Sure. And the last one for me, because this is one that particularly bothers me when kids do this. And I'm not saying that this kid in particular does yeah, this a lot, does, yeah, yeah. but he does do it sometimes, yep. is uh, the body language. Yep. Because you can, you can not focus on, you know, the things that are distracting in the game. You can compete as hard as you, as hard as you can compete and you can still have bad body language, mm-hmm. which still just gives the appearance that yeah. you don't give a shit yeah. about what's going on. So this could be a facial expression. This could be the shoulder shrug. This could be moving slowly. Yeah. Like so, and that is also an attitude. So when you go, the, the, that'll be the final for the three. Let's say for somebody to work on in terms of attitude in particular. I'm going to compete as hard as I can, no matter what. I'm not going to get distracted by whatever's going on around me. I'm going to focus on what what the point of me being here is, or what the purpose is, and I'm going to have good body language the whole time I do it. And those are three things where if you come into the ring and say, okay, I want to be a good hockey player. And in terms of attitude, it means those three things. Then you start to work on those three things mm-hmm. and you can tangibly work on those. Like none of those are abstract, like tr- tr- going as hard as you can 
you yeah, can that's, you that's, can try. That's why we said those. exactly. It's, like, it's not it's not it's not like have a good attitude. That's a big word. Exactly, it means a lot of non-specific. Things. But right. being the best hockey player you can, and that dials it down into a very narrow field. Yeah. So what does that mean? So now that if you're really really sorry, if I cut you off, I apologize. No, it's sorry. But what that means, like for me, that makes life simple. Well, actually, it made my life. My, it made my life simple. I'm gonna be the. I'm gonna be a hockey player. That's that took everything. Parties, all these different things. And it made my life simple. I want to be a hockey player. So what does that mean? Well, I hate school. Okay. But to be a hockey player right now, as a, as a young man, young boy, school is part of it. So you have to go. Okay. I'll, I'll go and do my best, the best I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, it means here's a bag of Doritos. Okay. So like, I, I'm not saying do this all in one day because it's not going to happen, but you become more aware of everything. So your distractions of, you know, you're going out for pizza or you're going to have a bag of Doritos or and you're eating like shit. You kind of go, okay, maybe that's not what the hockey players do. So being the best hockey player you you can be, maybe you're aware that you start working on that a little bit, a little bit, man. Not yeah. you're, you're 13. Who cares? Yeah. But work on that a little bit and have a little victory here and there. You don't have to win it every time, but have one. Um, it's, it's, we're going to hang out at the, at the skateboard park and, you know, smoke some cigarettes. It's like, no, that's not what hockey players do. It's like, it becomes very, very simple. Yeah. If, if you want to be this, then you, you kind of have to act this way and you just simply stay in those lines yeah. and it makes life so much simpler. Yeah. The, that's why we always talk about writing things down. Mm-hmm. And when you're, when you're 13, like you don't care about like keeping track of this or in self-improvement. Like those are concepts that your brain can't really handle no, yet hard. unless you have like exceptional maturity for your age, which some kids actually do, but most mm-hmm. don't. So the point of all this is not to make like for you to be a master of attitude when you're 12. It's that you start to bring attention to the things that are important for what you are saying you want to do. Yeah. And that's what, like I was talking about some of those 07 kids. That's what I'm starting to start to put in their head. Now is like you have a goal that means a few things if you actually want that, mm-hmm. which you say you do. Mm-hmm. So it's start. It's time to start when you're 13 and 14 because you're judged very young. It's time to start bringing that into your awareness. So if you have something like attitude that might be a problem, all these things, like you're saying, it's not to make you the attitude master. It's to make you start to think about those things. So one thing that I like to do, if you're at all interested in doing this for kids is we talk about the reading thing, but actually writing, writing down the thing you want to work on. So a phase that I'm in again now, which I fall out of it and then I come back to it all the time is in the morning I set like an intention for the day. Yep. And sometimes I forget what I wrote down. Yeah. Sometimes I go through my day and I completely forget what the intention was yep. that I said, or I don't even think about it once for the rest of the day. Yep. But the point is for that initial part of my day and the, the period of time that it stays in my head, I have that as a focus yep. because it just keeps bringing attention to it. Yeah. So every day it's like, okay, today I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to hockey practice and I'm going to not chirp once. That's my, there's one, that's my goal for today. There's perfect. That's my goal. And that's perfect. That you still go home and play all the video games you want. You still go to the skate park. You still do all the other stupid things that maybe you shouldn't do if you're more dialed in. But today that was my thing that I'm trying to fix. Yeah. Or I'm trying to work on for an hour for an hour. I'm going to not talk shit to my teammates or whoever on the ice. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Or I'm going to come to the gym and I'm going to make sure I look at my coach when he talks every time. That's right. Or whatever. And those are little things that can start to just bring it into your awareness without going overboard and like being a robot at 13 or whatever, which, cause that's not going to work. 
Yeah. But that's what these things can do for you. You start to bring it to awareness. So if, if you can write it down or everyone has a phone, if you just write it on your phone or something, you can even just forget about it. But just the fact that you wrote it down, it's like you brought it into your head. Like you thought about it today, yeah. which is important because that starts to lay the groundwork to make those things over time yeah. start to be habits, right? Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that the, 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 we do the, I do the grateful thing. And the last couple, the last week and a half, I haven't only simply because our schedule is crazy and it's, well, it's, yeah. it's an e- it, easy thing to let slip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, but it's still in the, in my head. Yeah. But I'm, we have the grateful thing, three things that I'm grateful for. And in some days it's a little struggle, but there's always one yeah. that I'm grateful for. And it doesn't have to be big. So what that does for my brain is it just, it, it just, yeah, you have some good things in your life. Like you're not, you're not living in Iraq. Mm-hmm with uh, bombs going off all the time. Like you can have a good thing, but I do the intention thing as well. And I can, I promise you every single day, one of my intentions, because I have to remind myself because it's easy for your attitude to slip is to make other people better and to take one person that I haven't really spent time with and give them time. That's my intention every single day. So even though I might have forgot what I wrote it down, I know I wrote it down, but it's in there and it actually happens. Yeah. Even whether it's like conscious or not, and then just going back to the gratitude thing, because that's something that I'm more consistently doing now. I've had it going for a while now, which is nice, because I remember just like a couple months ago, I was talking about how I kind of fell out of it and was just getting back into yeah. it. Um, and how are you saying? It's uh, not every day that you're going to have three awesome things that you're super grateful for. So for me, like the last couple of days for me, it's like, like pretty overload, stressed out with like the busyness of everything and my own my own life that's going on. And so my one for today that I just wrote this morning was a, it was bright when I drove to work today. It's great. And it was, and that's actually was nice because yeah. normally when I drive here in the morning, it's yeah. still freaking it's dark. dark out. I know. Right? Same. So I'm, it's I'm zero driving dark 30 when we get legit. Up. So I, uh, so I'm driving in and there was like some brightness yeah. on the expressway when yeah. I'm driving here and I'm like, Oh, that's kind of nice. Like it makes me feel a little <laughs> awake. Like yeah. that was good. Yeah. And that was my one for today. I had nothing else. I couldn't yeah. think of one more thing. Yeah. If I was being honest, yeah. just because maybe I'm a little more crabby than normal, yeah. there was nothing that I felt grateful for other than that today. Yeah. But I found one. I still yeah. found one. Yeah. And that's the thing with, with that making it a habit or, or mental toughness stuff you talk about. It's easy when it's easy, right? When everything's yeah. great, there's tons of stuff to be grateful for. But when it's like shitty and you're having a bad time and a couple tough days or whatever coming up with one is yeah. is that's when it's tough, but you keep the habit because it just brings something positive to you or whatever. It's like, like I was saying, this is so funny how this freaking little pea brain works. Yours too. Like all pea brains, right? That oatmeal between your ears, it takes over. What were we complaining about three months ago? Seriously, what were you telling me? What were we complaining about? Can't work. Can't work. Got to wear a mask. Can't go anywhere. Blah, 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 blah. That's the easy one. Yeah. Right. So, how do you have a good attitude in that? Well, we found our ways. You know, we, I was I, you know, grateful that we got to work out. I'm grateful I had a business that I was able to still do some work, yep. not to the capacity. So I found all these grateful things. So, okay, great. But it, it was not fun. Right. But how fast did that change? We got back to work. Like, and we're going, we went from zero to 150 and we're still not at full capacity. We're busy. Mm-hmm. And in order to get our workout in, we have to get here early. You have to get here early. I have to get here early. And I have to squeeze it in, which I don't enjoy to do. Mm-hmm. I don't like squeezing it in. I like to, like, like the day starts early. Yeah. But, okay, so it's that. And then it's on the ice with sore feet. with And, and how, we, my job is, and your job, our job, since we're together, <laughs> <laughs> our job is we can't just be here 
we have to be here. Yeah. We have to be present. We have to be alive. We have to be sharp. We have to be able to teach. We have to be on. Yeah. And the second that we slip, everything slips. So for 10 to 12 hours a day, we're on it. And then you'd think the day is over, but there's tomorrow. Yeah. And it doesn't stop till August 25th or 6th. Yeah. So it's like two months of, you know, look. so anyways, my thing about the attitude is, after week one, it was like, holy, like, we're in I don't one. know if I, yeah, yeah we're, in, we're one. in one. I don't know. Yeah. Jeez, I just can't wait for the weekend. And oh my God, we got six more. And that's the, ad- it directly goes to negative. Yeah. So yeah. you have to do the correction right away and say, bad, good. What's good about it? And it's so good. Uh, well, number one is business is back up. Number two, I'm so busy. What's what's good about that? That means I'm in demand. That yeah. means like people want my product. That yeah. is like right, and I'm I'm never negative about it, but it's like it's so easy to go and say this. It sucks because now I'm working too hard. No, you're 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 killing it. It's yeah. awesome. This is the greatest thing. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, and then ten so, hour ten hours on the ice. Like think about that. What's that? Or eight hours on the ice. Like that's ridiculous. Well, I've always done this, right? And I had to go with the attitude is like, yeah, well, no one else will do it. Like that's what's awesome about it. Right. I'm the only one that'll ever do this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go and I'm going to be a, a machine out there and, 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 and work and give and give and give. And I'm going to fall asleep and, like a fetus. Yeah. You know? And that's what makes it the attitude piece is important because if you start now scaling it back to for the kids, yeah. if something like that starts to happen where like maybe like your school isn't going well and you keep getting in trouble about it or your parents keep yelling at you or you're going through puberty and you don't know how to handle that at all because you're a teenager it's easy to have like these negative things stack up. Then what starts to slip is that compete level goes away because you're looking for shortcuts yeah. much easier to get distracted now yes, because yes, you have a, yes. you have pain in the ass. Some you're looking for something just yeah. cause you maybe are a little bit yeah. mad or a little bit angry or whatever. It's easier to set you off. It's going to rub you off. And then your and then your uh, body language is going to start to slip. Yeah. hundred percent. All those things are going to start to go yeah. because you, those negative things like you were talking about with yourself, that's why it's important get those positive things, just at least acknowledge that they're there yeah. because then that'll help to, to at yeah. least push your mentality the other way, especially when things start to get tough. Yeah. So, and kids can do that too. Parents can do that too. Everybody can do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing with being a hockey player. Like it's going to be like, if it's truly what you want to do, it's going to be the hardest thing you do because there's so much to it. Like you got to learn the game within the game and having fun playing hockey is one thing. Trying to be a good hockey player is another and, and learning the game. And, um, but here's here's my thing is that this is for this is for my kid here, not my kid, for, for the the, the kids we're, that we're talking to here. Yeah. <laughs> is that if I go back to that, like, why do you play hockey? I play hockey because I love it. If 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 that's and most of them like they love hockey. Uh, if it's because you want to play in the NHL, that's that's cool too. But you got to love it first to to get there. You got to love hockey. So if you love hockey. Do you want to do, 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 would you like your coach to like you? Would you like your teammates to like you? Would you like like it to be fun all the time? And part of that is coming with the right attitude and just, like we said, competing at everything as hard as you can. If you can do that, good things are going to happen to you. And um, like I said about the distractions, that's it's easy because some of the distractions are good distractions, like where you're laughing, like the guys on your in the dressing room could be, joke around it could be the funniest thing ever but like and, and you need to have that like that's very important with hockey yeah. but the thing is is that you want to go there with 
the attitude that you want to get better. And, yeah. and, and, but, and, and it comes down to like, when it comes to work, we work. Yeah. Right. There's time and a place. Around, yeah, there's a time and a place. So when, when it comes down to your hockey, the hockey piece, be, be the hardest working guy and get focused on that. Do not be distracted. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll, we're going to, I know maybe next week we'll do a full, full podcast just talking about the distraction things, which is cool. But I think I'm going to leave, uh, wrapping up kind of, I'll, I'll, I wanted to give one to the parents and one to the coaches because we've been talking about like the player the whole time. But if so, for the parents, because it's your kid, you're kind of obligated to have the patience with your kid to not give up on them if, oh, yeah. if they're a kid that maybe doesn't have the best attitude yeah. and you also need to take some responsibility for that because it's your job to provide the framework where they can flourish with a good attitude mm-hmm. so if you have a, a 10 year old that has the worst attitude ever and misbehaves is it the 10 year old's fault that's right so if that's something that you're recognizing then maybe you need a strategy change of how you can and hopefully some of the stuff we talked about today you can take that into some action steps to use with the kid at home to help them try to get you know, have a better attitude or develop some of these things we talked about. So that's one thing I want to leave for the parents. And then for the coaches, if you have a kid, and this is something that I struggle with too, because if you have a kid that is struggling in the attitude department, it's real easy to, to brush the kid off and just stop paying attention. But you don't know what the circumstances, you don't know what they have going on at home. You don't know what they have going on in their life. And this might be the only place where they can get a little bit of light on what they should be doing. So it's also on you to have the patience to keep trying with those kids. Now, if you have a, if you're coaching in junior or you're have kids working out that are 19, 20, 23, whatever, I would argue not really your job to deal with that anymore. But when we're talking about kids that are you know, 16, you, then you, you are also obligated to have some patience and keep working with those kids and make sure that you're trying to give them this information to get them on the right track, no matter how much of a pain in the ass they are for you that's what your job is. That's why they're here. And you might be the only one in their life that is giving, has the potential to give them this kind of stuff. So don't, don't uh, kind of waste, waste the opportunity you have to do that. It's certainly true. And uh, so to your point about parenting, number one is, geez, man, it's, it's very hard. It is hard to, it is very hard to be um, a hockey parent, hockey parent, a good parent, and also help them with hockey because you could really get skewed. Watching your kid, you just want good things without understanding the game. And um, sometimes in hockey, you don't really understand, so you might give them the wrong advice. And I understand that. But the thing is that if you give them like the, those things that we talked about today, like the good, like go in there with a good attitude and go be the best player that you could possibly, what does that mean? And go to the rink and just work on that with them. That, that's going to help them a lot because you're, you're with them doing it right? Asking questions with them, right? Asking questions and solving problems with them. Yep. And if someone comes in, like, so let's just say like you're a distracted kid and there's always trouble around you like, as a parent, ask the questions, like ask questions and get a deep root, get, find out what the problem is. It's probably, probably your kid, <laughs> but ask him and help him get through it because that's, it's going to help him like get him back in the line so he can, can steer him the right way and have the right attitude. Yep. And then, um, for coaches, like what you have to understand is sometimes kids will go, some some sometimes kids will be a problem. I guess it's for parents too, because some attention is better than none. So if I, so a lot of times a kid will be a pain in the ass, or they'll they'll give you negative attitude because they just want some attention, and it's no fun. That's a no fun point. for the kid, and it's no fun for the coach, no fun for the parents. But they want some attention. That's an awesome point. So when you see a kid do something well, 
effort I'm talking about. Effort. You can reward effort over and over. And I think, in my opinion, and my experience, is that when you reward effort, they try effort more. Does that make sense? Yep. Yep. So you could have a shithead kid, and you can turn that kid around slowly. It's like turning a, turning a ship. But even though he might, he, you might not even like him, like you said. You might not like him at all. You might not like his attitude, but you got him. And you have to, when you see something good, you have to reward that. You have to. Because you don't know when it clicks. And they say, oh, I, when I do good effort, I get rewarded. So now I'm going to do more good effort than be a jackass or, or, or not try. You know what I mean? Yeah. So sure. it's important. But coaches can make a huge, huge difference. And yeah. parents too, right? Reward good, good effort. Yeah. I don't like rewarding like my son if he scores a goal. I never said, oh, okay, you did good because you scored a goal. Yeah. I always try to find what was good about it. Or I find something else yeah. about the effort. Always. Yeah, you got to get below the surface with that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's You can't yeah. just, you know, reward, oh, yeah. you got an A+. plus. Well, that, well then you like, put your value on... on, on outcomes, now you can yeah. have a, a really good game and not score, let's say. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, well, I yeah, that's so the, people. I mean, people that are research this stuff and experts they always talk about you don't re- you don't reward outcomes you know you reward process you reward doing the right thing and having a good habit so yeah um that's all i got is there anything else you want to close up with or no, good to go it's good for today that's it okay yeah.